here for a brand new All Access, the first one of 2022. Uh, I'm here with the amazing Rufus Wainwright. Rufus, thank you so much for uh, for, for joining us today and uh, for taking some time to chat. Thanks for having me. So uh, just to start off, I know you grew up in a very musical family. Music kind of always surrounded you, but I'm curious if um, music was always kind of your set path or was there ever any option uh, that was another option to do something else in your life or was just being surrounded by music always kind of put you on that path? Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, I, 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 I was quite good at visual arts and, uh, and I did actually go to art school for two seconds. And, and I even, and interestingly enough, during the pandemic, I returned to that uh, medium mm. um, to drawing and painting and stuff. But, um, but that was still always kind of a sideshow. <laughs> music was pretty much always uh, front and center and, uh, all-encompassing uh, for me, uh, which was fantastic. But you know, sometimes I I, I ponder what, what could have been different if I had had a few other choices. But but it was yeah. pretty set. Uh, did, did you feel pressured as a child to like that? Say my family is doing this, and this is what I have to do, or is it something that you really no. gravitated towards? I mean, I I I I had the desire to do it. I yeah. I was very precocious and constantly. Uh, showing off and wanting to, you know, sing and be in the spotlight. And, and my mother, thankfully, was in show business. So she kind of knew how to, to, you know, to, on one hand, uh, focus that energy and also, you know, capitalize off of it. <laughs> you yeah. know, we sang, with her, we, we sang with, with, with her and with my mother and, my, and her sister, the McGarrigal sisters. And, and, uh, and, and, but she also, but she didn't abuse it either. Like it wasn't like I was, you know, made to, to tour all the time or anything, but it was, right, it was right. she had a good balance with that. As far as that, she was she had a very good balance. So, uh, from your childhood, what kind of music left a lasting imprint on you? Uh, were there any artists or styles of music that kind of helped, uh, you know, make a lasting imprint on yourself and kind of help form your own voice? Yeah, I mean, it started really young um, with really interesting stuff. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of folk music uh and yeah. when i say folk music i mean i mean i i appreciate joan baez and i love i love joan baez i love you know peter paul and mary kind of that popular folk stuff but ours was like you know uh stuff like uh you know field recordings the the the, the library of congress you know <laughs> um material uh bahamanian singing uh stuff that was really like raw and and very very and you know french canadian and murder ballads and stuff so so it was pretty intense and uh, and 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 very you know i am very fortunate to have that 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 sort of baseline in my work and then you know and then also i got into more you know lighter fare like you know judy garland and and uh the beatles and everything else and but it was it was a lot of uh i think whatever music was around the house was always of the highest quality in whatever yeah. genre it was in. No, I completely agree because, you know, growing up, uh, I, I went into filmmaking, but from growing up, my parents always, I kind of gravitated to whatever my parents were listening to and kind of helped yeah. shape your tastes and, and, and your yeah. voice, essentially. I'm curious, were you ever struggling to find what is my voice, uh, to kind of find what you're trying to say and what your sound is going to be? I mean, I was searching all the time. I wouldn't yeah. say it was a struggle necessarily because I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed spending hours at the piano and just yeah. sort of daydreaming and and and, and getting lost in, in, in my creative you know life. Um, I will say though that when I 
I, I, have, I have a distinct memory of um, hearing Nina Simone for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was in like 17, 16 or 17, really getting into her albums and mostly her solo piano voice albums. And, uh, and that's when I knew that I had a sound in a sense like her, the way she, you know, took all these elements, you know, whether it's from jazz or classical or soul or gospel or whatever, and, and even pop, you know, and put them into this one um, kind of laser uh, strike. Um, I knew that that, 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 that was, that should be my goal, which she did. I didn't want to imitate her necessarily, but that, right, she right. Was, yeah, she was my, uh, my guiding light for sure. Absolutely. So maybe a bit of a vague question, but what is your definition of a song? Like, what does that word mean to you? And I guess encapsulating what you do for a living in terms of being a songwriter yeah. and a composer. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Well, right now I'm in a very interesting position because, you know, I, I did this song Secret Sister for, yes. for this great documentary, Rebel Hearts. Um, and, uh, and I've also, you know, done my own albums and I've sung a lot of people's material. At the moment also, I'm writing a lot of songs for, for, for Broadway productions. I mean, nothing's oh, wow. been announced yet, yeah. but I'm, in the, I'm really writing a t probably more now than I ever have, which is kind of shocking, <laughs> actually. Uh, but, uh, but, and that's, that's been a, a very kind of, how can I say that's a very kind of granular, uh, expose of like what songwriting is because uh, you know you're writing for these characters who have to yeah. you know engender some kind of feeling to to the audience to an audience immediately that has kind of has nothing to do with you uh as a performer so so it's um yeah i'm putting it to the test right now and i think there is you know i'm 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 a i'm a structuralist yeah you know i you know i have a kind of i'm more traditional in my um in my uh approach but it is also very much also rooted also in a kind of germanic how can i say it like leader uh sensibility meaning that i'll also like stretch the envelope too <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and would you say that this work that you're doing for broadway uh for for musical theater would that be similar to writing you know you've, you've done two operas but writing similar to what you did for your opera work or is it completely different is there any kind of connection there? No, very, writing very different animal i mean that's not songwriting right um, yeah you have arias here and there and stuff like that and and in and overtures which are similar but but it's it's really that's its own kind of department um songwriting is what's interesting about when you're doing it for the theater though is that you have to stick by the kind of concept of songwriting but it is nonetheless in a dramatic context so sure so it has to sort of fit a lot of bills and um and so it's very, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the, I'm enjoying the process. Uh, so I'd love to talk about uh, kind of your writing process just in general, not necessarily for writing a, a song to a film or anything, but just for your general songwriting. Uh, you know, I usually ask uh, composers and songwriters kind of where the first note comes from. And I'm curious, what's your starting point? Uh, do you have to switch your brain into songwriting mode or is it something that just comes naturally to you, random parts throughout the day? And I'm curious, what kind of triggers the first uh, creative ideas to start flowing? The main thing, and, and any composer will tell you this, um, I think you just have to be really receptive at all times. Mm. You know, you never shut off really. Uh, yeah. So you know, if you think of something on the toilet or, <laughs> you know, in the middle of an argument or just reading a menu, like it comes at, at any moment. And so 
So you have to um, be ready and waiting and also able to identify that. I mean, I always, you know, I, I, I do think that there are songwriters. There certainly is, and especially, you know, in LA where, where I live, you know, there is this thing where they sit down and write a song together, yeah. like you're gonna write this type of song. And that, that fascinates me because it isn't, I've tried to do that. And it's just, I find it very difficult. I, I like to just sort of receive these, kind of coded messages from from the ether and and then just kind of like go with that um but that being said i have had experiences where like i'll have these little threads um and i'll just kind of hold on to them and then maybe i'll sit down and really hammer it out with with somebody as well but uh but i think the main thing is just to be receptive at all times and then um the other thing that's important for me is i very much distinguish between both two instruments i mean i play the piano and i play the guitar Right, and right, me, right. That's like piano songs and guitar songs. They're very separate entities. So, so that that's the thing. And and that, if anything, that's just like a a tool. You know, it doesn't mean that it has to be on the piano or it has to be the guitar. But it's just it just sort of leads me on. You know, um, and then uh, and in fact, often what I've sometimes what I've done is that I've written a song on the piano and it's not quite doing it for me. And then I'll mm -hmm. switch to the guitar. And that'll give it more of a rhythm and more of a kind of, you know, more of a more uh, of a dance, you know, kind of concept or something. So, so it's, uh, you know, so so there's just little experiments like that, and and uh, the other thing too is lyrics are the most important part. Right. You know, right. that's the most, that's the most exacting part um, for me. Uh, melodies come very incredibly fast and not i wouldn't say easily but they're they're definitely you know they're in there <laughs> the melody the, the lyrics i have to really search for and, and and kind of hammer out does a lyric ever come before the melody or is it always kind of hard uh, that, that you have to find a melody a before bit. i mean there'll, there'll, there'll be a lyric for a melody and then i'll think of a melody to go with that lyric and then the melody will just be you know go off to the races and and uh and i have to kind of catch up with the words so that's how i do it um, I've never really worked with a lyricist before. I mean, I've worked with with poets, you know. Mm -hmm. I've written words for you know Shakespeare sonnets and other people, uh, but uh, but it's uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of how I do it. Uh, so for you, is writing a solitary process? I know you've collaborated with other uh, artists in the past, but uh, do you like to bounce ideas off friends and family? Do you let people in to see unfinished pieces before to get feedback, or do you? Like to be completely alone with it until you feel it's ready to show. I I I I used to do that only with one person, which was my mother. I mean, I used to do it with mm. my mother a lot. Uh, she, unfortunately, she passed away ten years ago, and uh, but we would have many evenings uh, hanging out where we would sing each other ideas and and kind of go over material and and we would kind of both you know praise each other's work and critique it as well like she wasn't an easy customer but um so yeah and i can't say that since her death i've found anything comparable i mean there was a time also years ago when i was a lot younger and you know partying and stuff and going out every night which was you know a wonderful time of my life uh but where we did you know sit around and play guitars and yeah kind of, kind of bounce things off each other a lot more um, but now it's it's more I'm more solitary in it. Uh, I I would say though that um, in terms of 
Yeah, it's different though. But now, but I think maybe that's why I'm writing a lot of music for the theater though, because that does force you to have to go out and be more sure. communicative. You know, you have to play it for the director. You have to play it for the for the book writer, and they have it has to fit in. So I I guess I am doing it more now, but but more with the with, with that music with the musical work. So you're not just a songwriter; you're also a performer, and you perform you know a lot of the work uh, that you write. Uh, I've interviewed songwriters uh, such as uh, Diane Warren, who is brilliant and I love her and, uh, you know, but she's focused on writing songs and then writing them for other artists and she typically does not, will not perform her music. So I'm curious if you see uh, the performance part, uh, the performance aspect of your process as an individual part of it. Is it kind of like, okay, I write the song and now I have to do the performance or do you kind of just see it as one long process uh, from start to finish to, from, is it? inception of the song the writing and then all the way to the performance i don't know i mean look i so i've, I've been very fortunate to have certain amazing artists perform my work it's not it's yes, not a, yeah. it's not a, it's not a common thing with my songs i mean i'm not like burke back or anything uh <laughs> I, I wish i had that kind of you know situation going on but uh but i've had you know shirley bassey and George Michael and uh, Jane Birkin, like some amazing people sing some of my work. And, um, and I always enjoy that. I don't feel that it has yet to be quite understood though, in the, in the, at least in the popular realm, mm. what I do. I, I think I'm still very connected to my material, mainly because my voice is, is such a kind of animalistic thing. And, and, and so people really associate my songs with my voice. I think they could be divided at some point more. Um, someone could make like, you know, you know, Barbara Streisand, maybe not, but, but something like that could do. I'm, you know, singing the songs of Rufus Wainwright, like a real right. big sing, it could be interesting. Yeah. Um, I'd love that, but, uh, but it hasn't quite happened yet, but just putting it out there. <laughs> are on, you Billie Eilish sing the songs of Rufus Wainwright? Sorry. <laughs> are you? I feel like when you're performing your own music, um, that being in such a vulnerable state, kind of presenting yourself in front of a, a live audience, I'm curious. Are you nervous when you do that? Is that a, a nerve-wracking thing for you, or is it completely comfortable at this point in your career? Um, I mean, I, I, it depends. I'm not. I'm not incredibly nervous. I'm. I, but I, I'll have fits of it at times, you know, uh, but it's, you know, you just kind of work through it. I mean, I, I'm always nervous for some, nervous for some reason when I play New York. Hmm. Um, I don't know what that is. Uh, and it can either work for, for me or against me. Um, and it's important to be a little bit nervous. Sure, uh, yeah. If you're, not, if you're never nervous, then, then there's something we're off. So, so, um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, but I, it does, it's not debilitating. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm, I, 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 I use it to my advantage most in most cases, and then sometimes I just forget something, and the audience laughs, and we move on. <laughs> <laughs> How is a, a performance uh, different from when you're recording an album versus performing live? How do you see those two separate things? Oh, they're very different. Oh yeah, the live thing is. Obviously, it's in the moment, and and there's an audience, and it's sort of about the atmosphere and so forth. And and recording is far more kind of clinical and yeah. uh, very uh, very kind of um, kind of more mysterious. Actually, recording. I mean, I, I've had I've had a very interesting experience of late because I will be putting out uh, an album of of me doing Judy Garland songs, 
mm-hmm. uh, that I recorded at uh, in honor of her 100th birthday, of Judy Garland's 100th birthday coming up in June. Um, I'll be doing some concerts in uh, in New York at the City Winery, just with like a little combo, and 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 in Chicago as well. But anyways, but 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 I but and those will be live, obviously. But then. But then I have this album uh, that, uh, accompanying it, or uh, some of the songs that I recorded at Capitol Studios, right. um, in actually some of the room in the room where Judy recorded a lot of her stuff, and also using her her, her mic. Uh, oh wow! And um, so, and that's that was such a trip. That was a real trip because uh, it was, yeah, just uh, all of these strange elements come into play. You know, the ghosts in the room and. The, and then technology, and then also just the world at that time uh, was was intense because it was like right in the middle of a, a really brutal lockdown, and so so it was you know, and they're of course amazing songs. So looking at your entire body of work, it's been I mean an amazing journey through all your albums, and I'm curious if you see yourself as a better songwriter at this point in your career than maybe when you first started off. You know you've lived more life you you know we all go through highs and lows uh, especially when we're younger and we're trying to still find our place and i'm curious now if you look back at it do you, do you think yeah. you're a better songwriter now than you were when you were younger uh, um well or a different songwriter i don't know if that's a better word not I better or worse I mean, I, I, you know i i really have to reserve judgment on that because because okay. i am as i said i'm real. i've catapulted myself into this Broadway world and uh, and I'm writing for various pieces that uh, will be announced at some point um, one very soon um, and it is you know we'll see what the people think I, I it'll be my first experience of like really sitting back and just having all of my songs sung by other people and, yeah. and really have the music itself become the um, the sole kind of protagonist mm-hmm. so uh, so I, I don't know I hope I hope it, I hope it'll I hope I'm writing better songs. I better be. <laughs> so what's the most uh, creatively rewarding part of the process for you? Is it that initial stage when you're sitting down and just you know tinkering out the first few notes or is it when you have a finished product and you get to perform it in front of a live uh, audience? What's, which part of that is the most creatively rewarding? Well, you know, I think the process of writing is, is, yeah. is, is, is in the end of the day, though those, you know, singing is a close second and you know performing and stuff and playing an instrument is, is right up there too but but um but yeah it's the process of actually sitting at the piano and writing a song is um i mean that was something i read recently where where i think with my friend ben lee who was saying that uh it was just something he said on facebook where he's like i still am i still experience that thing where after i finished writing a song where I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, it's really, it's still very mysterious. I think it's the yeah. mystery that's, that's still uh, very strong and very kind of palpable and doesn't really go away, which is nice. Do you ever listen to your old, like, work? Do you go back and listen to old albums? Or yeah, is it just no, something I, that kind of just disappears once you're done? Do. I would yeah. do that. I mean, I'm, I don't know if it's a great thing to do, but, but, uh, but I'll go back and I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I have a lot of, I write very much about my life. Yeah. It's very autobiographical. And about about people that I know or knew and, 
experiences I had. So so I do kind of relive them a little bit when I when I hear the music. So some people yeah. don't, you know, like Randy Newman, for instance, doesn't write anything about his personal life. Um, I don't know if he goes back and listens to songs or not, but I at least I have an alibi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, for me, it's like when I look back uh, at something that I've written, maybe like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, or it just, whether I was in a weird state of mind, maybe I was depressed at the time, but looking back and seeing what I was writing, it's it's kind of this weird looking back in the mirror thing uh, that, or a time capsule, or I don't know how you want to call it, just like time machine going back, but it's, it's a strange, strange thing for me, but for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do want to, uh, you know, we could sit here all day talking about your entire discography and, and, and breaking down songs, and analyzing songs, uh, which would be amazing, but I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here for, for the rest of the evening. But um, I do want to talk about your, your song Secret Sister that you uh, wrote for uh, the Rebel Hearts uh, documentary, um, which uh, for people can check out, it's on, on Discovery Plus right now. And Rebel Hearts, you know, it's a documentary, the story of a group of, of nuns in the 1960s that stood up to the patriarchy of the Catholic Church and who stood up for, for women's rights and, you know, paved a path uh, of, for future generations to follow. So firstly, what about uh, Pedro Post's documentary spoke to you? What attracted you uh, to this project? Um, well, I actually had a personal kind of connection to the nuns because a relative of mine, uh, my my grandfather's second wife, um, who I grew up with, who I knew very, very well, still do. Oh, wow. um, she was brought up by the nuns. Uh, wow. and, and, and during the kind of the high, at the height of that of that whole period. So she knew Sister Corita and she and she was at the you know, Immaculate Heart at the school on, on in LA. So 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 I always heard stories about that time. So I, I, so there was that, and then, you know, also just the world we live in today is so lacking in terms of social justice. Yes. Warrior. Yeah. Uh, nobody's hitting the streets here. And uh, I mean, there was moments when it was happening, but I feel like we're so exhausted. Um, and you know what? We just can't be <laughs> uh, yes. right now. So, so I think it's important to, um, to just keep trying to uh, get people to, you know, really that you know go to battle for what's right and and in a, in, a, in a peaceful and loving way you know yeah. and and so forth so I, I really i really love the song uh especially you know looking at the lyrics coming from like a male's perspective looking on to uh kind of the topping and the themes here so i'm curious what about the film spoke to you uh and how did you approach uh the song and what did you want it to say essentially for this film yeah, well, I think some Pedro is he's Brazilian, so I think there was sort of a Brazilian kind of uh, it's got a Brazilian beat, so mm -hmm. I think that was a bit of a nod to him. Um, and and a lot of it is also I I live in LA and I do actually see that school a lot because I it's along the way when I drive our daughter to school in the morning, so I see the Immaculate Heart in, in the mornings, and I also see you know the incredible, especially if I drive down Hollywood Boulevard just the, the amount of, um, you know, suffering and, and homelessness yeah. and just like the broken heart of, of the city. And uh, so I just, it's just sort of the image of, of the, the gates opening up and the nuns coming down and joining everybody to just, you know, uh, trying to fix, fix the, 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 uh, the damage at hand. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so yeah, I think it's about that idea of, of like doing, you know, and it's a very Catholic thing, you know, to be mm -hmm. you know, the good Samaritan and 
to be, you know, to do, to, to work with the poor and so forth. So, so it sort of comes from that, that idea. So when you're, when you're writing a song for a film, you have a, a movie to work off of, you have a, a, a body of work that you're looking at, and that's kind of informing what the song is going to be thematically. Um, so I'm curious, how is it different than writing completely, you know, organically, whether you're writing a, a normal a song for an album where you're just coming up with things from scratch versus this kind of process? And how does that differ? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the one thing with film, which I don't like, uh, is that is that if it's very hard to figure out if it's going to work or not. Mm, it just yeah. happens or it doesn't, you know? Uh, I've, I've written many songs for films that they're like, it's a great song. It totally has the right message. It works, you know, it's the right length and everything. And then they're just like, it just doesn't, they're not married, you know, yeah, the visuals. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with either being anything wrong. It's just, it's just, it has this strange kind of mystery when they suddenly uh really mixed together and uh, and that i haven't i i think some writers can really master that i haven't ever attempted to really get into the nitty-gritty with that but um but yeah so it's 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 tough it's tough actually so. yeah i can imagine it's uh maybe puts a puts a box around things a little bit so yeah yeah, yeah. but i mean i still want to do it i'm still open <laughs> to the challenge i'm not saying anything uh I, I in fact if anything i'd like to do it more just to get better at it so I know you've kind of, you know, you've branched out, you've done opera, you're, you're now doing musical theater. I'm curious, would you ever go more into film composing and writing orchestral music? And yeah, I, I probably will eventually, you know, I, I, you know, for me, touring and being away from home is, is, is getting more tricky, especially with a, you know, a kid and, yeah and also, you know, pushing 50. So, so it's sort of, so it's sort of, yeah, the, I think with film you can't you can't do that. You can just, just stay in LA and yeah and 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 just work there. So so that 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 is becoming more and more attractive. I think you'd be an amazing voice in in visual oh. storytelling. Yeah, I mean you already are, but I just think more so with with film scores. I think you. Um, so uh, and then again, congratulations uh, on on Secret Sister and, and Rebel Hearts. It's such a fantastic song, and I know it's getting a lot of love right now. And and um, yeah. um, but before we wrap up, I do want to uh, touch on one song. Uh, it's an important song, I think, uh, especially now uh, with every you know with the world the way it is. I'm sure a lot of people can look on this song and and, and find some sort of emotional connection to it. And uh, it's it's Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, which of course you've done a cover for. Uh, and I, you know it's a song that it's so unique because it's inspired so many covers. Uh, it's been shared across the world. And it's, you know, I know you have a more personal connection to Leonard and his family, but I'm curious just on your take on something, just the idea of this song, having this life and kind of going from artist to artist and all these artists doing their interpretation of it, whether it's changing the tone or the tempo or kind of imprinting themselves on it and the fact that they're all bringing something new to it. And, uh, and I'm just curious on, on your thoughts on that. I think, I think well, what's fascinating about that song is that, is that it's completely versatile in terms of of settings. I mean, you can have it, it can be sung at a funeral, it can be sung at a yeah. wedding, it can be sung at a, I mean, I actually was first, the first time that I really, I mean, I'd sung it for the movie Shrek. Right, right. Uh, and it was on the album and that was a big success, but I didn't really, that was just sort of done off the cuff in a lot of ways like I was asked to do it one afternoon and I did but then it was requested that I sing it uh alone 
uh, at uh, at this. Um, it was like a party for the Philadelphia like hockey team or something in Miami, yeah. you know, and they liked the song. So I sang it at their party. You know, that's when I first learned it, like alone at the piano. My mother taught it to me because because I had an accompanist in the recording. So so I so I so I worked it out and sang it, which didn't take that long. But um, so anyways, but but then since then I've just countless events of all types yeah. that you can take that song out, and that is that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I remember I heard a cover. It was on Scrubs, and then that was really big. And I mean, it's it's every, so many people have. And I think it just shows the power of music. And I think that just shared connection with people and yeah. and just exploring the human condition. I think that's what you do with yeah. your original work. And oh. and Rufus, I just want to thank you for chatting. Uh, I know you're having a nice evening in Berlin right now, and I don't want to take up too much more of it. And uh, it's been just such an honor to, to sit with you and, and chat. And uh, thank you so much. All right. Well, but, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take and care. Uh, Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.